you're back. You came back again after that long tirade of just rambling, spewing negativity yesterday. You came back. You're either a diehard or a masochist. Either way, I appreciate you and love you. Today, I don't have it in me to be that pissed off again. I just don't. Look, the intro today, after we get through Phil, I'm going to be as happy, happy, joy, joy, bottle of wine, roses, butterflies. No, I'm not. I'm Jim Derry. This is Datitude. It's coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends elsewhere. Just can't get enough of good feel. How about good feel? We wanted some good feel. We thought it as negative crap. Get rid of that negative crap. The weather's supposed to be beautiful this weekend. They're telling me that it's not going to feel like the front steps of hell anymore. It's going to be nice and cool and breezy and maybe, dare I say, chilly. I don't know, man. I'll tell you what. I live on the North Shore, for those of you from around New Orleans. Um, I live on the North Shore, and it's supposed to get down to like 49 to 52 on either Sunday morning or Monday morning. I don't know about you, but after you've been dealing with 102 for a couple of months and then 90, which felt like 78, dude, that might feel like, like snowball fight weather. It's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, see, we, we, we started the show with positive energy. That's, that's all people want sometimes. Sometimes all you want is a little positive reinforcement. Yes, Joey, you may have a piece of chocolate. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the advocate at bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude. I guess it's sort of a special episode. Episode number 175. That means we've made it seven quarters of the way to 200. Episode 175 for a Friday, October the 6th, 2023. Um, what do we have to be, see, happy, happy. What do we have to be happy, happy, joy, joy about today, Mr. Derry? Bring me up. You bring me up to the top. See, I'm even singing this morning. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I'm about to have a 50-minute bitch about Pete Carmichael's session with Larry Holder. That's not what it was meant to be. That's not what it was intended to be, um, really. I mean, I get together with Larry Holder every Friday morning on this show. And for those of you who didn't watch it live, you're obviously tuning in to listen to it here. Uh, either way, we thank you for listening to that attitude. Um, so Larry and I have known each other for a long time. And, you know, although I think in the grand scheme of life, we agree on probably 90% of things. Um, in the world when we're talking about football, we tend, we tend to d 
disagree, not vehemently, not like major disagreements. We, we often disagree about who's going to win a football game, often disagree about the reason why something might be bad about a football team, often disagree about, you know, who's the best at this or who's the worst at this. I don't know. It's kind of fun. But uh, today was an interesting, very constructive conversation. And usually we talk for like 35 minutes, and it's about 25 minutes Saints and then 10 minutes of a preview in the NFL. I'll give you a heads up. I didn't even put it in the title because we, don't, we spend 50 minutes. It's like 53 minutes, actually, and 52 of it is Saints. And 46 of that is the Saints' woes on offense. Um, and it's not all, you know, it's, it's literally, it's constructive. It's not like I was yesterday where I got pissed off and I just went on a pissed off rant for 26, 27 minutes of the 32-minute mile, whatever it was. Not that I keep stats or anything. Uh, but uh, there are some things I want to talk about in the monologue that uh, I do talk about stats, I do find interesting. Um, before I get to that, one, and I'm all over the place already. It's Friday morning. I'm ready for some time off. Good Lord. Uh, tonight, I will be at in Laplace, South, South, St. Charles against Abbeville. If you want to watch it on Varsity Sports Now, the defending Division Three state champions in football are uh, hosting Abbeville, uh, who I believe is 4-1. and one. Should be a pretty interesting game. Um, yeah, before I get to my, my stat comment, I did have one really, we had, we had a bunch of comments this morning, but they were by the same four or five people, which was unlike last week. I don't know what it was about last week. Last Friday, we had comments from all over, all kinds of different people commenting the whole way. Maybe it's because I think everyone, everyone, and I mean everyone last week, which is why I'm still pissed at myself for not betting on Tampa and not seeing it ahead of time. Everyone thought the Saints were going to win last week. I think people in Tampa Bay thought the Saints were going to win. The media thought Saint, the Saints were going to win. And I'm talking about the national media. Saints media thought the Saints were going to win. I thought the Saints were going to win. Fans thought the Saints were going to win. So everyone was upbeat and happy, happy last week. And that's when you know they're not going to win. I mean, seriously, think about it. All the times where this team can't lose. Especially when you're talking about a team like the Saints that, let's, let's be frank, is mediocre. I mean, when you pick a mediocre team and say they can't lose, like last night, okay, perfect example. I bet on the Bears, okay, because I wasn't dumb enough to, to not see this twice, okay? But I bet everyone in Washington thought the Commanders would win last night. I didn't see a single person in the national media pick the Bears to win. And I didn't even necessarily pick the Bears to win. I thought it was a good value play. I thought they would cover, but I liked the over more than I liked the Bears. Perfect example. You have to be able to see these things. When everyone's picking someone, you read my NFL column, I called the public Aunt Mabel. I don't really have an Aunt Mabel. I hate to break that to you if you've been reading my column for years and thought I really had an Aunt, Aunt Mabel. I mean, it's not like there's really a Santa Claus. That, no, there's not really an Aunt Mabel. I hate to break it to you. Um, but that's what I call the general public. The general betting public is Aunt Mabel. 
and Aunt Mabel was betting on Washington like they were getting free desserts for a year. They were all betting on the commanders last night. You notice the line didn't change? You know why? Because the people with all the money that stay quiet and don't tell you who they're betting, they were betting on the Bears. Same reason why, you know, last week, the only reason why the line moved on the Saints toward the Saints is because it got announced Derek Carr was playing, which really was a negative. We ended up finding that out. But, um, yeah, if, if, if everybody's on one side, you might as well take uh, your week's restaurant money and say, honey, um, we're either going to eat somewhere really nice this week or we're getting a sandwich because uh, everybody's betting on Team A, and that means Team B is going to win. I'm just saying, way more than 80% of the time that happens. You just got to be able to identify it. It's, and it's not easy to identify sometimes. But the comment of the day was after we went off the air, actually. I didn't see it until after we went off the air. Said so the Saints are kind of like the SCLSU mud dogs. <laughs> and if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the water boy. Water boy here. Water boy. Anybody got the water boy? Adam Sandler, uh, the Swamp Dogs, yeah, they weren't, uh, or were they mud? They were the Mud Dogs. I'm sorry, the Mud Dogs. Oh boy, Saints of the SC LSU Mud Dogs. Anyway, my question is: Before I get to Larry, again, I don't have a lot of whole. I'm, as you know, I'm all over the place. Every week, I'm all over the place. If you don't know that by now, then I don't know. I wonder how many people at, listen to this show and like jump around in different parts of the show. I'm actually pretty pretty straightforward once I get to the interview. but in, Or if I'm on a rant diatribe about something like I was yesterday. But on Friday mornings, I'm all over the place. I'm just excited. It's a weekend. Excited. Um, but I have a serious question. And you can't answer this. If you want to, like, email me and tell me why and be straight up honest. Like, whether whatever side of the fence... You're on for this thing that's about to come up. I want serious answers. I'm not kidding. I had some great emails that this week that I got that I'm going to get to in a minute. Because uh, I promise you, if you send me an email, unless it's vulgar or just you're just being a dumbass, um, and that's the only reason why you're sending me an email, because I get both of those, by the way. Or people tell me how, how big of a jackass I am. And I'm being nice when I say that. Um, if you have a realistic comment, send it to me, jderryattheadvocate.com, and I'll put it on the air. I had some great emails this week. I'm going to get to them in a minute. But I seriously want your answer, jderryattheadvocate.com, to this upcoming question. And I have stalled on giving the question for like a minute and a half here, and you're probably saying, just get to the damn question. Because every time I bring up a certain name on this podcast, especially on the live show, I can see how many people are watching at a time, okay? It doesn't represent the number of people who watch for a show. It's, it's much lower, obviously. But at any given time, I can see how many people are watching a show. And there's a certain name that when I bring this person's name up, 
every time without fail, and I mean every single time without fail, when I bring this name up, the number gets cut in at least, at least by 30, 40%, and most of the time in half. And it doesn't matter whether I'm talking good about the Saints, good about this person, bad about the Saints, or bad about this person. It makes no difference whatsoever. When you're a sports betting writer, you analyze numbers. And I've analyzed numbers my entire life. When I bring up the name Jameis Winston, and see, there you go. There are some of you that are already clicking off your phone. You were waiting for me to say it, and you're clicking off. Don't click off yet. Don't click off yet. I have a serious question. Jay at theadvocate.com. I want to know the answer. It is mind-boggling to me. I want to know that you can dislike someone. You can think someone's terrible. You can have a differing opinion with someone. I want to know the answer. Why do you click off or why do you think someone else clicks off of a show or X's off of a podcast or just goes away whenever you bring up a certain name? Jameis Winston. I said it again. We just lost like 10 more listeners. Up oh, now 20. No, I'm just kidding. I can't tell during a regular podcast because you're listening to them that this, this isn't live. But the point is, and it, it's a fact. It's not, I mean, this has been going on for, for multiple years now. Whenever I do a live show, whether it be on this show or by you bets, whenever the name Jameis Winston comes up, the numbers drops by at least 30, 40%. You can't have a you can't even have a conversation about Jameis Winston. So the reason why he came up today and the number dropped, and I mean it dropped in half and it was instant. And some of them came back like it was funny. It's kind of like, you know, you hear something and you don't really want to listen and you leave and let me come back to this show in about eight minutes. Oh, they're still talking about it. I'm going. It happened today. It was funny. The, the number never got back to what it was before, but as we went along and people would creep back in, is he still talking about it? Oh, still talking about it. He's gone. And as soon as I stopped talking about Jameis Winston, like for good, we, it wasn't part of the conversation anymore. The number went back up to about, I guess, 80% of what it was before. But the number dropped in half. Why? You can't even hear, hearing the name Jameis Winston makes you cringe that much? Someone explain it to me. Derry at theadvocate.com. If I didn't think I'd get a bunch of goofball, look, I guess I can't get any more ridiculous, absurd, inane. I'm getting constant texts from this election. I can't wait till this election's over. I'm getting constant barrage of texts every day so-and-so is running for, I don't read them at all. In fact, I didn't read them before, but the last three weeks, I'm probably getting, I'm not kidding. Some days it's like 12 or 14, and some days it's like two. Yesterday I only got like two, but I just delete, it. like when you swipe and delete, it does delete and report junk. I have no idea who they are. If I get a number in my phone and you can tell the first four words or something that's related to an election, delete and report junk. So with that being said, I probably ought to just give you my phone number because it can't be any worse than 
than what I have now. But no, I'll just give you my email, jderryatheadvocate.com. Tell me, why do you turn off your phone or turn off of the show every time the name's brought up? The point was last week that we get into, and I still don't understand. I'm not being negative Nelly. And I'm not going to yell at you like I did yesterday. I realized I was yelling at you after I was yelling at you. I don't understand why. It made zero it made zero sense then. It makes zero sense now. No one has fully explained it before. No one has fully explained it afterwards. No one talks about it. The Saints don't talk about it. De- Dennis Allen doesn't talk about anything. And this has been the worst. Look, I love my friends in the media and my colleagues. All the people that asked me to go on shows, I appreciate it. It helps get my name out there, helps get this show public. It helps get Bayou Bets more in the public. Look, I did, I'm no, no BS. I literally just got a text. Someone must have known that I was talking about it. I, as I speak, I just got a text for an election. <laughs> Insane. But, you know, my colleagues in the media won't even go back, won't even ask the tough questions like they used to. The only one that even kind of does is Catherine Terrell. It's like people are scared, Daniel sometimes. But people are scared to ask legitimately, like they're scared. I mean, who would be scared of Dennis Allen? He doesn't even come off, like he doesn't, he's not an asshole like Sean Payton. Like he doesn't even have that in him, I don't think, to be a, a jerk. Like, I bet you he's like the night, he's, you know how with parents there's usually good cop, bad cop? I bet Dennis Allen's the good cop. I bet, I bet at home Dennis Allen's the good cop. I mean, everybody can be, has it in them at some point when they've had absolutely enough that they could be a jerk. But the Saints media, they don't ask the questions. I went in the uh, locker room, not in the locker room, in the press room last Sunday, and I wanted one question asked, and I wasn't going to ask it unless no one else did. I knew what the answer was going to be, but I just wanted to see if anyone would ask the question. At any point during this game when Derek Carr couldn't hit anything beyond 10 yards, I didn't ask it this way, but this is what I meant. Derek Carr couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball or a paint gun from beyond 10 yards. The stats show it. If you don't believe me, look at the stats. They show it. He couldn't any hit anything beyond five or ten yards. So it, if I know this, and the average common Joe fan knows this, then certainly NFL coaches know this and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers knew this. It's the reason why Chris Olave was wide open down the field. So I was there, and I waited and waited and waited and waited, and no one asked the question. Finally, about 12 minutes into the interview, before he was going to go off the stage, I had to ask. I knew what he would say. Did you even contemplate at any point during the game, not before, I understand before you set on Derek Carr, and I understand after the game, this is, again, this is completely paraphrasing. Really, it's beyond paraphrasing because this is what I was thinking, not what I actually asked. But the question was, did you consider 
during the game using Jameis Winston and taking Derek Carr out? He didn't say no right away. If the answer was no, then he would have said no right away. It's like when someone, you're a kid, and someone says, did you take that last Snickers bar? If the answer is no, or even if you expect the question and ready for the question, the answer is no. It's coming out right away, right away. If you got to think about it, that's a, it's the same way in poker. Or any, if you want to know, it's, it's not hard to be a good lie detector. If someone has to think about the answer when they give it to you, then they're at least contemplating how they want to present it to you because their answer is not going to be fully true. In the case of a yes or no question, if the answer is either yes or no, if you don't answer it immediately, you're lying. You don't need a lie detector. You don't need prod to be prodded and have electric probes put on you to know that. A yes or no question is answered immediately if you're telling the truth. It went along the lines of something like this, and I'm not going to go get it. You can go find it. It's on Twitter, at, J, at Jim Derry Jr. on Twitter. I, I, the whole interview is on Twitter. He, it took him at least three seconds to respond. Did you consider putting in Jameis Winston at any point during the game? Uh, no. Like that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why would you not? Why would you not? Why would you use a guy? I don't care how. Why? The question is a question in the comments today. Why do the Saints hate Jameis Winston so much? The coaching staff. And normally, when I would get a comment like that, I would roll my eyes and say, oh, my God, they don't hate Jameis Winston. The NFL doesn't hate the Saints. Normally, when I get questions like that, I roll my eyes and move on. I might show the comment and roll my eyes on the screen. But you can't roll your eyes at it. You have to ask the question. You have to wonder. This coaching staff, I, I, do they hate Jameis Winston? It's a legitimate question now. No one will ever ask that question. I mean, I don't even think I'd ask that question. And I'm a jackass. I don't think I would ask that question. But you have to wonder, don't you? You have to wonder if they hate Jameis Winston. I mean, who paid him the $7 million? Did everyone sign off on that before they did it? I mean, at this point, I don't know. Maybe you're better with Jake Hayner as your backup. And Jake Hayner, I don't think there's any way, Jake. But I'm tired of it. I mean, I don't think Jake Hayner is better than Jameis Winston, and he comes back from suspension after next week. But if you're not going to be willing to use Jameis Winston in an obvious time last year, let's go back to last year. What did we say about Andy Dalton? I hate to bring this. I know I'm losing listeners left and right. But it's the truth. If you can't handle the truth, you can't handle the truth. It is what it is. You go back to last year. What did I say Andy Dalton was? A recipe for losing. If you want to go 7-10, and 10, use Andy Dalton. They went 7-10. and 10. If you want to lose a football game and put your potential superstar quarterback in harm's way again 
with a sprained AC joint when it makes absolutely zero sense. He has no accuracy whatsoever. It's a fact. If a guy has a sprained AC joint, he doesn't have accuracy. He loses accuracy. It's, it's a medical fact. He wasn't going to be himself. I mean, some of you say even if he was himself, he's not any good. I don't agree with that. I think Derek Carr is worth the money. I think he's a franchise-changing kind of quarterback, but not last week. I'm not a doctor, and I predict, I mean, I would have predicted exactly what we saw. Had I known Derek Carr wasn't going to play, I definitely would have bet on the Bucs. Forget about all the stuff I said before about being able to see it ahead of time because everybody in that grandma was betting on the Saints. I would have bet on the Bucks just because Derek Carr was starting. By the time I realized that it was really going to happen, I mean, I was told that it probably was going to happen. But, look, I was on the road at 8-something in the morning headed to the Dome. By the time I, like, realized he really was starting, I, I wasn't in a place to, like, I'd already made my bets for the week and whatever. I didn't adjust. That's on me. It made no sense. Average Joe could, I mean, realistic average Joe, not people who hate Jameis Winston or love, there are people that love Jameis Winston. There are people out there who just think Jameis Winston's better than Derek Carr. They're, they're not right. I mean, no one, if no one's injured, if they're both fully 100% healthy, I mean, no one can realistically think Jameis Winston's better than Derek Carr. However, Derek Carr is injured and is still injured, but the Saints are stubborn. I don't know what it is. It doesn't make any sense. But I don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand it. Someone's going to have to explain it to me. You paid, paid $7 million for a backup quarterback. I think I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I truly believe that if Jameis Winston isn't the best backup quarterback in the NFL, He's one of the top three to five. Name me five better backup quarterbacks in the NFL than Jameis Winston. If you even try to do it, you're just a hater, plain and simple. There is no other. I'll entertain all sorts of things on this show. At Jay Derry, theadvocate.com. I'll entertain any logical explanation for just about anything. But you're simply... You need to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself why you're a hater if you don't think he's one of the top five backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Because that means you don't think he's one of the top 37 quarterbacks in the NFL. You've you got problems, buddy. If you don't think he's one of the top 37 quarterbacks in the NFL, you have major problems. If you don't think he's better than Zach Wilson, you've got problems, pal. I can't fix them. I don't think anybody can. That's a whole nother story. But you're one of the ones that I already, as soon as I even brought up the name, you were, way, you were one of the ones. You ain't listening anymore anyway. I can say that. Nobody's hating it right now because, oh, he can't. I fast forwarded. Nope, he's still talking about Jameis Winston. Oh, I fast, God dog it. I fast forward. He's still talking about him. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. All right, that's my, uh, I didn't, look, I didn't expect for Larry and I to go on for 50-something minutes. I did not expect me to have a 27-minute monologue, 28-minute almost monologue. 
Blame it on the rain. I don't know. What rain? We don't have any. I am excited about the cool weather, though. All right. Before I lose any more people, let's get to Larry. I told you what we're going to talk about, it, and it's coming up. If you don't like Jameis Winston and Pete Carmichael, you probably, you probably got rid of this show a long time ago. You're like, I'll wait till Monday for Derry's dime. Let's listen to Larry. Larry Holder, as he is every Friday morning during the NFL season, is here. What's going on, my friend? Look, I've already been to Gretna Fest and back. Really? I've already eaten fried Oreos, and like it's uh, such, such, to are go. The, such are the perks when your wife is a big wig at Fox 8, and you're on the show over there, and you're, like, doing all kinds of special stuff, you know? Oh. I just had to walk too far. Like, they didn't give me, like, hey, just pull in and park. Like, I, I had to walk, like, three blocks. Well, from what I understand, tomorrow and Sunday are going to be the days to go because the weather is going to be, like, you know, we haven't stuff we haven't felt in six months. Well, it feels great right now, uh, actually. Uh, and right. here's the sad thing. I would want to see Trombone Shorty the, the most as, you know, my affection for, right. uh, for Trombone Shorty. And yet – he doesn't play until tonight at 10 o'clock. Like, I'm going to be way asleep because I'm old now. You're going to be asleep at 10 o'clock on a Friday night? The week's over, man. The battery's drained. I got to – look, I, I, I rest. I got to rest until Sunday. You're not going to be watching me on VSN calling St. Charles and Abbeville tonight? I mean, if you give me some more fried Oreos, maybe I will. Uh, maybe they'll have to lace them with some coffee. Let's talk about the Saints and the Patriots. Uh, you know, look, both of these teams have have major issues right now. Um, you know, the Saints started off great. Well, a great comparatively to now, 2-0. Uh, they've dropped two in a row. We were both wrong last week. We thought they would bounce back in a big way against a team that's, frankly, I mean, I, I don't need to see a game. I know the Saints are better than the Buccaneers. That just because they lost 26-9 doesn't mean they're not. I mean, you could say the score is whatever it is, but look, this Saints team is underperforming Larry Holder. I don't know if it's coaching staff. I don't know if it's Derek Carr coming back too soon, which was dumb. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but what what is it? What is it just a combination of a whole plethora of things? It has to be. Uh, I think even you saw toward the end of the game, just energy level, uh, you know, particularly someone like Chris Alave kind of mailing it in. Right. which I wouldn't expect to see that uh, from him. So I, like, I feel like it, it's not just one thing. Like people ask, yeah, I'm sure people ask you, people ask me, uh, what is it? Is it Derek Carr? Exactly. Is, it, is it Pete Carmichael? Is it this, that, and the other? It's all of it. It really is all of it. Like the run game, you can't run the ball effectively. Like Alvin Kamara, uh, he had, what, uh, 20 touches or, or so, 25 touches. Uh, and what was Busting it? He had, 30, he had 13, he had 13 he had 13 catches. 13 receptions for 33 yards. One of those receptions was for 10 yards. 10, that's right. So he had 12 of those receptions went for 23 yards. I mean, that's pathetic. I, I'll just yeah. put it to you this way. Uh, Derek Carr, 5.5 yards per completion. That is the worst rate of any quarterback in any game since 2021. Wow. So that is bad. Bad, bad. Well, you know, what's even worse is through the third quarter and this, like, it was so bad. It stuck, like it jumped out and stuck in my mind and I have not been able to forget it. I think maybe that's why I was sick Monday and Tuesday. I don't know. But after three quarters of football, 16 completions, 78 yards. I mean, that's 
unheard of. I mean, that that tells me the dude, they, they went into the game. Here's what I don't understand about this coaching staff, and here's why I have so many problems with this coaching staff going in. You know that your quarterback, I mean, they obviously knew that he wasn't going to be able to throw the deep ball. He tried once to Olave, wide open, should have been an easy touchdown, couldn't even come close to him. They knew this was going to happen. Why would you start him? You have to throw little short dump-offs like a la Bobby Bear back in the day in Jim Mora's offense, Carl Smith's offense. I don't understand. They knew this was going to happen. Why would you even think about using him there? I totally agree with you. And obviously Tampa knew because they, they dared him to do it. Exactly. And they couldn't do it. And so they were able to key in on anything short. And they knew it exactly uh, to, to the T. And uh, I'm, here's also the thing, though. I'm not going to discount what happened on defense. Baker Mayfield had a better game than Tom Brady ever had in a Bucks uniform against him. That is insane. That is, and didn't we have a, a kind of a, a question last week about is Baker Mayfield the best quarterback in the NFC South? If you look at it right now, there's no question he is. Like that's, and we're a quarter of the way through the season. Yeah, and that's so not at some point you and me would have certainly certainly said. And I, look, you know, I do a league-wide look at quarterbacks every week. I I really monitor that and dive hard into that topic. And right now, Baker Mayfield in some of these advanced metrics that I use, he's a top seven quarterback right now in yeah, the NFL. That ain't going to last. Look, as, as uh, yeah. Dennis Henderson That's what I said did, right now. <laughs> uh, we're going to show this comment in just a minute. As Dennis, and, Dennis Henderson just did, and I'm going to show the comment in just a moment, you are free. We would love to have your comments. We had a ton of them last week. We had comments from Australia, Abu Dhabi, and Araby last week here on the show. So all foreign we, lands. We dare we dare you to try to do that again. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just type a comment into the stream. It will show up here. We'll show it on the screen. Dennis, you know, these are the comments that I normally would balk at and roll my eyes at. But you know what? I 100% agree with Dennis Henderson. This coaching staff must really hate Jameis Winston to not you. Why would you not play your? You have a seven million dollar backup quarterback, and it, look there, the, there they go again. The numbers just drop off like flies. As soon as I bring up the name Jameis Winston, the the oh, I can't watch it, can't listen. I can't hear that name, Jameis Winston. Oh, la, 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 la. I'm not listening to it. I mean, it's not just the coaching staff. I don't understand the contempt for Jameis Winston. It is mind boggling. Use Jameis Winston. At least if your quarterback, that's the starter, is banged up, and you know it. And so, like, that's the thing. I, I'm with you, you and me. The, it's funny, as soon as you texted me, probably two hours later after we, we finished this last week, and you were saying how uh, Derek Carr was taking snaps. I almost thought maybe they were just doing that just as gamesmanship. I did, too. <laughs> and, it was and a boy. It's, and it's just it just shows you that that was – a faulty strategy. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't understand it. And so uh, here's the thing. Okay. I know we're harping on all this. At least the team you're playing this week has bigger quarterback issues. Yes, they do. Like Derek Carr is go- healthy. He's going to be your starter. And New he's going to be fine. What they're going to be right. doing right now yeah. with, uh, with, with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, because it's going nowhere fast when New England, Bill Belichick, the, the, the shine on him is certainly, being a little tarnished. And they, and they, what they did in New England is they tried everything to kind of make 
the offense cater to Mac Jones, and it's still not working. Like, I don't blame uh, Bill O'Brien. Like, I, I think it's just they need something new at quarterback because, if, if, you know, uh, I'm, I'm rambling on about the Patriots in their future. But if they draft a quarterback, uh, I think Bill O'Brien could actually be a good coach for that quarterback. Uh, it's just not – Mac Jones is just not going to cut it there. And so this is a prime opportunity for a Saints offense that's been sluggish uh, New England's defense obviously gave up a ton of points last week. Uh, this is a prime spot for the Saints to kind of rebound. Maybe help Derek Carr's a little healthier, rebound and get this thing rolling. All right, I've got my. Um, is, uh, I'm not going to say I'm not going to be negative again in this show because I probably will. <laughs> yeah, be. right. <laughs> but I, I've got it mostly out of my system. If you want to hear me like go off, then listen to episodes 174 from yesterday because I went off yesterday in my monologue. Uncle Big Nick was on the regular. Wherever you get your podcast, search for Datitude. It's not, it wasn't a live version. It's not video. It's my regular podcast. Uh, comes out on Thursday, and I, I, I wasn't able to do a podcast Monday. So I let, him, let it all out yesterday. I went, it was apparently a 24-minute diatribe. There you go. So, But with that being said, the positive for the Saints this week, because there are positives, the positive is, and Larry just touched on it, the Patriots might be in a worse boat than the Saints, and I'm not just talking about for the future because Mac Jones. For the future, they're definitely in a way worse boat. I don't know where this Patriots team goes from here. Um, Bilicek is 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 even though I think he's the greatest coach that's ever lived in the NFL. I also think that he's the at the end of his rope. He's 71 years old. I predicted before the season this would be the last season for Belichick and Saban, and I still think it's going to happen. And uh, I don't, just don't know where the Patriots go. Mac Jones is not the answer. Is Bally, Bailey Zappi? We may find out. This week, because I don't, I think the rope is the leash is super short on Mac Jones. They cannot wait any longer. I just don't. But their offense isn't any good anyway. Right. Uh, you add up the pieces, and it's not like Bailey Zappi. He was the answer. Like he got, he won a couple of games last year, but then came back to earth. Uh, and they started Mac Jones when he was healthy. And you would think Ramondre Stevenson would be that that kind of difference maker back, and he hasn't been that. But Not teams, can, teams can slow that down. Well, their offensive line has been banged up too. Uh, they have some names that uh, should be better than what they're doing right now. And then you look at them on – we're talking all offense, but defensively, uh, their secondary is decimated. They lost Matthew Judon. They're be- one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Top He's five. out, and he could be out for the year. Christian Gonzalez could be out for the year. They had to trade for J.C. Jackson – from the Chargers, a guy who they had, and he played very well with them, but uh, the Chargers misused him, and he and then he got hurt, and now they they've traded him to come back, so they are in a heap of trouble. So their pass pressure should be dampened when they come play the Saints this week. Their secondary is decimated, and all all of it adds up to the Saints having to bounce back. And yet, if they can't figure out their own issues, it's going to be this. 12-9 snooze fest, and you're just hoping and praying that the Saints could just pull this one out, even though they really should. They're a better team than, than the Patriots. You know, normally when I see as a handicapper, because obviously I think first as a sports better, um, I think uh, analytically, like my mind is working, like what is the general public thinking I'm going to do the opposite? So here's a case where what Larry just said about 12-9, to 9, I mean, that's obvious what this game's going to be. So I would go the other way. I would take the over. But I, I can't even do that here. And I, we'll make our predictions in a little bit. But 
I can't even predict that this game is going to be 24 to 20 because I don't understand how either one of these teams could possibly score unless, unless the Saints figure out a way to get Alvin Kamara involved more, Taysom Hill involved more, and both of them are effective. Chris Olave throwing the ball beyond four yards. I mean, they got to do something, but you know, I just don't see this. I think this is going to be on the two defenses, Larry. And, you know, with that, the Saints have to have the edge, even though you see their numbers are starting to slip. Every week I put these numbers on the screen. They're now double digits. There were single digits. The Saints were, you know, fourth, then seventh, then ninth, and now they're 11th in total defense. Both numbers, they're passing. They're 14th, middle of the road. Run defense, they're 11th. I mean, is the defense going to play better than it played last week? I mean, that defense is still good enough to beat New England. They're just tired. I think part of it is that they know the offense is a shell of what it should be. And look, sometimes when that happens, you know, the margin is razor thin and one screw up with the Broncos, it can compound. And so, and this has started ever since Carr got hurt. Yeah. Like it started fourth quarter of green Bay when it kind of snowballed and snowballed. And now you're seeing, uh, the offense is going nowhere and it's all on the defensive shoulders. And they know if they, you know, if they let up, they don't, they don't have really a supporting cast on the other side of the field to help them out. So I look, I, I think that I, I think the Saints defense is still good. I don't think it is. I, I'm not worried about that, but until like, when we started this thing a, a few weeks ago, I was always in see it to believe it mode with, with the offense, right? And I'm not seeing it. Right. I'm not believing it right now. It's just what it is. Scott Donald, it's a long one, but basically the gist of what he says is negative Nelly. I, I can't blame him. I don't blame anyone that has ne- super negative comments. I mean, again, these are comments that I normally would kind of roll my eyes at, show for two seconds and move on. But he thinks Belichick will exploit the offensive line weaknesses, uh, will lose because of, a, of two reasons. They have home field advantage. They have better coaching. You know, this comment is kind of a the – shows the ups and downs of a, of a fan, right? Uh, the, and I'm not being funny here. I mean, the, the emotions of a, any team, NFL team's fans throughout a season. Imagine if you are a New York Jets fan and, you know, you start off the season, you couldn't have any better feeling going into a football season than the Jets have had because they've been so bad. They just been awful. I mean, they haven't even been to the playoffs. I don't think since Mark Sanchez was there. Right. And so, and they're going through in the fourth play of the game, Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. And so now they got to deal with Zach Wilson. So what I'm saying is it could be a lot worse. You look at the Dallas Cowboys. Even they were the best team in the NFL after two games of the year. They go to Arizona and lose to a terrible. I don't care what anybody says. They're playing. They're not playing that bad. They're playing bad. They're not good. Arizona's not a good football team. Dallas they're not Green, terrible. They're not, they're not good. They're, they're not, not terrible. We'll, we'll see this week. Uh, my best bet of the week is Cincinnati, by the way. Um, Whoa. But, but, okay. But beyond that, though, what I'm saying is the, emo- the Cowboys fans probably are like, oh, my God, we lost to the Cardinals. We really do stink. Dak Prescott stinks. And then they come back and, and blow. So – what I'm saying is if you're a Saints fan or if you're a t- fan of any team, and I'm guilty of it too, you can't get caught up on one or two games. But what we've seen from this coaching staff on offense especially, 
And look, Pete Carmichael, I just think he tries to, I really think his biggest problem is that he tries to outsmart himself sometimes. Probably goes back and says, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I didn't do that. But last week, I think he just didn't have a clue. I don't think they knew what to do with Derek Carr. Again, I go back to why wouldn't you use Jameis Winston? Because I think they didn't know what to do. Larry, tell me if you think I'm wrong. I thought the offensive line played its best game of the year. Yeah, the offensive line was not the issue last week. It just it just wasn't. And it was the fact that you couldn't get anything past five and a half yards per average per completion. I mean, that's, like I said, that's terrible. Like, worst in the entire 2022 and 2023 season. Like, the worst rate of any starting quarterback to start a game. Yeah. Uh, so, you're not going to win a game doing that, period. And uh, it's... It's something that we haven't we you don't gloss over it when you win when you start off two and you think okay this thing's gonna kind of get on track and then you lose two the offense is not much be- the offense got better for one half of football right against Green Bay and one of those touchdowns was not on an offensive drive so you've seen one half of good offensive football. Overall, like period. When, when you go, it hasn't, been, it hasn't been consistently good. That period, go, it was consistently good, and then Derek Carr gets hurt. When you go four games, four games without scoring more than 20 points, you got a major problem. Dennis uh, is back with another comment that I really like because I'm glad he said this because it was something that I wanted to bring up earlier and forgot. Um, any concern? Can any? And I mean any quarterback. This is the this is what I was thinking about this morning. This was going to be one of my topics, and I, and I completely forgot in the the rush of getting everything together this morning. Can any quarterback look good with this coaching staff? And let's go back to when they were looking for a quarterback who was going to pro- replace Drew Brees. So even before Derek Carr, if you think about who they could have got then, um, and you can go any of the last three years, pick any quarterback that's been available that the Saints realistically could have brought in here. Is there any quarter? You, so if you hate Derek Carr, if you hate Jameis Winston, it doesn't make a difference. If you hate any of these guys, um, you don't like them. They don't fit the system. You, you don't think they're good quarterbacks. They're overpaid. Whatever it is. Is there any quarterback out there that would look good with this coaching staff? Let me go through some of the quarterbacks who were available. Uh, Russell Wilson, no. But I, I don't trust Russell Wilson in general. So no. I don't think it would work anyway. Matt Stafford, no. I don't think he – But because I, at this point I don't really trust – he's still yeah. throwing the ball all over the yard, but his passer rating is below 80 uh, right now. It's – you know, it's – so no. Uh, Lamar Jackson, if you catered wow. it right, I feel like he can at least move. Like yeah, but he, he would have caught – he would have financially just killed this team. Sure. Deshaun so. Watson, do you think he would have been successful in this offense? Not with his troubles. I think that maybe by now, possibly, but he went through so, through so many issues. I don't know that the Saints could have lived through all that. Well, I agree, but they were in the hunt. Like they, if the deal would have been right, I don't think would anything would be better now. So to answer your question, no, I don't think things would be better. Right any now, no. any quarterback that was available, realistically available, or you could have drafted. I don't think that. That uh, you want to say Brock Purdy? 
Brock Purdy, maybe? Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> I, you, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You don't exactly have to It see. wouldn't have made any difference last year, really, though. And would he have gotten a real chance? Probably. He probably would have got a shot with all the, the problems the Saints have had and injuries the Saints have had. He probably would have got a shot here. Here's the thing. I just think that the if the quarterbacks were available, I mean, there's a reason why they're available. Like, Lamar Jackson right. really wasn't available. Right. He wasn't going anywhere. Right. Correct. But – all of these quarterbacks, you don't make a, a great like. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, like he was technically available. Yeah, but he would have never come here. Right, exactly. So any like, here's the thing: you're the pool where you are now. Like you have no chance of getting. You would have had no chance of getting any of the top twelve quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and Derek Carr is basically the best option that you had. Zero question for a roster construction that you have like you have like you have enough pieces to the puzzle that you can win this division and instead of uh you know starting backwards like you with with a rookie quarterback and trying to develop that that player i mean i'll it's kind of crazy to think but uh, I think the Texans are actually on the up and up. They might have the best one that, that with C.J. Stroud. He's been – and it, you, it doesn't matter. Early, he's getting it done against teams that – All right. And hang he, or, or beat the Saints. Like, this I is think, also an NFL show, so let me ask you. You're, you're, Larry, by the way, whoever doesn't know this, Larry Holder, uh, who obviously is a native New Orleanian, lived here his entire life and worked for the Times-Picayune for a while. With We worked together. Moved on in the athletic – now covers the NFL for the athletic. So let me ask you, you know, you talk about all these different quarterbacks and the rookie quarterback class, especially if you went back, would you change your opinion on who the number one quarter? It was a consensus. Bryce young was the consensus. Number one pick. I think almost any reasonable NFL fan. I mean, there were some doubters and haters of Alabama and whatever, but if you went back, would you change your opinion on who should be the number one quarterback knowing what you know now? No, I don't think so. I, I do think that oh, I think okay. that all of them, I think uh the top three can all be good NFL quarterbacks. Like I'm not discouraged by what like Bryce Young has gotten better each week. And that's what you ask for. You know it's not gonna be great immediately, but and the the pieces around them, like they don't have the pieces. Here's the thing. I think CJ Stroud is impressive because he really doesn't have many weapons around him at all, and he's playing well. Like, and I think Anthony Richardson, he is someone that is more you, you could shake your head, but he's you can uh, you can work around him. I, I, you shouldn't I, I, have I, to work around anybody. If you, well, you, know, if you have a franchise right now, you're working around like he can run. Uh, he's a be, he's becoming a better thrower. Uh, so I feel like like these quarterbacks have potential. Here's the thing: if you go back to the 2021 class with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones, I mean, which of those quarterbacks do you feel super great about right now? Not three of them. years, in. right? Exactly. Uh, even though I mean, Justin Fields, seeing, hey, he's finally two games in a row, finally doing something. Well, Justin Fields in spots has so much athleticism that in spots you could take a coach, you could like empty the sideline, have no one standing on the sideline and let him just do his thing. And there are going to be games where he looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. Then there are going to be other games where he looks like he's completely lost, whether you have coaching or not. So like, you know, 
it was a big joke. He blamed his coaches and then, oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Oh, I don't blame my coaches. I, I didn't mean to say that. Um, you know, but so there's a lot of quarterbacks that could look good on certain days. I'm talking about if you're going for a franchise and maybe, I, you know, I joke about Ohio State quarterbacks. C.J. Stroud could be good. My point is we can't tell anything by four games. Okay. That, that's my point. I mean, you, if you go, if you were a general manager and you were the Panthers GM and you make this trade and you go back and you say, you know what? I'm going to change my opinion. I have the capability. I could pluck CJ Stroud from the Texans. If I want to right now, you should be fired. You should be fired. If you change your opinion after four games, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I'm not changing my opinion. Look, I do think though that all three of those quarterbacks can be successful in the NFL. Like yeah. that's, that's the thing. And uh, you know, it's, I'm curious to see if you get more pieces around Stroud in in the future and he be, he becomes better. I, and I just think the good the coaching fit there is good too. Yeah. Like I think D'Amico Ryan's it could. Be I agree with you out. wholeheartedly. So I, I think I, and that I, that could change the culture there. You want to talk about the coaching class of 2023? Uh, forget about the draft. I think D'Amico Ryan's is going to be the reason why the Texans win football games. Um, I'm not nothing against CJ Stroud. I certainly think he can be a legitimate NFL quarterback. And I said that in the beginning of the year, I don't think he's going to be better than Bryce young, but I think the reason why the Texans are going to be better and we see it here in new Orleans. I mean, you could say whatever you want. Look, I'm with the fans. I'm not usually with the fans, but I'm with the fans today. Sh- Sean Payton and drew Brees built a winning culture, super bowl, NFC championship game, 12 wins the season fans expect more. Playmakers are there. I don't. I don't disagree. They're on. They're there on both sides of the football. Dennis Henderson back again. I don't really think this staff is capable until Allen changes his coaching staff. He's not gonna. You know what though? Here's the problem that that I don't think that Dennis Allen doesn't understand. His ass is on the line too. You don't do something different, and it could be anybody else's fault. It doesn't make a difference whose fault it is. You're the one that's going to lose your job, pal, and everybody else is going to follow with you. Barry, if Carr was sore last week. And should have been rested but played. How can he not be sore this week? That's that's a great question. He's going to be sore. Larry, we talked about it after after the game was over. Dennis Allen basically, not basically, he said that there was swelling in the arm. It's the reason why Jameis Winston went in for that last snap and threw a pick, by the way. Went in for the last snap because Derek Carr was hurt. You didn't know until the last play of the offensive play of the game that your quarterback's arm who has a sprained AC joint who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a beach ball. You didn't know that he was sore, going to be sore or hurt. I, I mean, is he going to be better this week? Does that heal I mean, in a week? Part of it, I think part of it is that they were wanting to trust what the quarterback was telling them. I'm sure he's pushing to play uh, in the same sense that Drew Brees pushed himself to play when he was banged up throughout his career and they still won football games and this, that, and the other. And so they felt like maybe he could do it. Like, I'm just trying to rationalize this. Now, here's the thing. Like, everybody knows the offense is stale. Dennis Allen is not I – I would not expect him to be fired after this year. So there's a fall. I don't either. There's a fall guy, and it's going to be Pete Carmichael. And they need look, – look at all the, the younger offensive coordinators kind of in the league – like you need something fresh. Like I feel like this is not fresh anymore, and the, I think the Saints need something fresh, some fresh ideas outside of the building. You've had the same sort of. I know they learn. You, you always adapt and learn throughout the way, but you need something fresh. I mean, like how many people heard of Ben Johnson 
before really before he went to the Lions. Like yeah. those who were really, really, really in the know, how many people knew that? Uh, so like, Jane Steichen, exactly. All these these coaches, like the, they're not household names, and so now they're getting chances to either be coordinators and then elevated to coaches. So you need some fresh ideas really. And I think that's, that's the next step. Like, and it's not going to happen during the season. Like that would, that would be too chaotic for a a team that where you have a lot of veterans and you have a chance. You're still one game back in the division. Your schedule's favorable still. Like you can still go out and win football games and figure it out. But no matter what they do this year, I think you're going to need a fresh, uh, fresh start next year. Here's the thing that where I won't agree with fans. I mean, you know, I can't agree with fans 100%. I just can't. It's not in my nature. Um, I actually think Dennis Allen, you know, all this bashing that I've done, I think Dennis Allen actually has it in him to be a good coach. He just needs to be surrounded by it. I mean, this this organization, this franchise is so loyal to a fault. I go back to what you said about a minute and a half ago. Dennis Allen's not going to be fired after this season unless – the only way he's going to get fired is if they go like six and eleven or worse, and they're not going to go six and eleven or worse with this schedule. I would be floored if this team goes six and eleven or worse with this schedule. There's a reason why Vegas set their over under win total at nine and a half before the season, um, even as bad as they were last year. It's not that a whole bunch changed. They get a new quarterback. New quarterback doesn't put you can't put lipstick on a pig. Okay, so there's a reason why Vegas, who knows what they're talking about, put it at nine and a half. This team. At, I think the floor for this team is seven and ten. Realistically, I think it's more like eight and nine. Okay, so those of you who want Dennis Allen to get fired after this season or during the season, it's definitely not happening during the season. Okay, so what will he make changes? Will he not be stubborn? But you know, Poppy's right, and I said it yesterday. He's not going to get another coaching gig if he doesn't succeed here and he can't make this team a winner, and they don't go to the playoffs, and they don't get back to some semblance of what they used to be, he's never going to get another coaching job. I think he's smart enough to know he needs to make changes, and he's not going to have to be forced to make changes. I agree Remember back, um, like 2016, Sean Payton had to make changes and fire some of his best friends in coaching because they forced him to make the changes. Like, uh, you know, Joe Vitt wasn't this – he's not game planning and all, but they had to fire him. Like, they had to make changes – uh, throughout the staff, uh, other be, to otherwise Sean Payton was going to be the fall guy, and so yeah, yeah, that's the way it goes, um, especially with this organization. So uh, there's no doubt changes will have to happen, uh, and maybe someone like Ronald Curry elevates and he gets to put his stamp on it, and maybe they give him a shot. But that's not happening now. Like that will not happen now. That would happen next year. But I also think they need to be smart and look outside the building. And uh, it, it's you don't you don't think there's any chance that? And look, I don't I don't necessarily think Ronald Curry is going to be the answer. We we've seen him, be. and I, uh, he may or may not be. But I think at some point, if you keep scoring twenty points or fewer, you keep staking up the joint with a forty million dollar quarterback that you spent in the offseason, who's here for three more years. Wouldn't you think at some point? You would try it and see. I think you you're going during a season. I mean, during the season. I don't think that's the way they would operate. No, I I just don't see it. This is not. I here's you know why. Last time, the last time the Saints, and it's really the only time I can recall under say Peyton, 
They switched coordinators was when they fired Rob Ryan, but you already had Dennis Allen in the house. You knew he was going to be the next guy. Like right. you brought him in there. Basically, Rob Ryan knew already the writing was on the wall. Like, we all was, knew after that Texans game with the bye week coming. We made jokes about it, but we all knew Rob Ryan was It was a Washington that. game, but yeah, it was. Oh, Washington, uh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like I brought this up on the podcast before. I mean, in the locker room, the players knew. Like, that was my column, like, after the game. Uh, it's over, and the players certainly, they knew it. <laughs> like they knew I actually it remember over. that column. Yeah, so uh, it, it's certainly uh, something that, does it is rare that it's going to happen. And I just don't, you, you don't, I mean, the offense has to be really, really, really bad for another month. And then here's they, the problem it, though. Again, again, I go back to Carmichael has it in him because he's super inconsistent. Like there are games when I watch, I'm like, you know what? That wasn't bad. I mean, and he outthinks himself instead of just, again, he did not think himself last week. He was just awful. That last week was the worst. That might have been the worst game he's had ever. I mean, they again, that was part of a coaching decision of deciding before the game they were going to use Derek Carr and even when they shouldn't have. I mean, I don't care if you use Taysom Hill. If you, if you don't like Jameis Winston, use Taysom Hill. I mean, that would have been better than what we saw last week. The point is, for the most part, when he's bad, it's because he overthinks things. We don't want to use Taysom Hill two weeks in a row because the other team's going to know we're going to use him. Well, who cares? You, you use him, it doesn't matter if the other team knows you're going to use him. He's effective. So do what's effective. And you, they, they haven't figured out how to do that on a consistent basis. Well, that's in and of itself a monster juggling act, and it's the only team in the NFL that has this problem. Like if you're going to use another – Well, it's a problem when it hasn't been – like it doesn't work. Like they're not winning with, with this formula. Like they haven't – one because they don't do it. He only carried the ball four times last week. That's my point. When, when he carried it nine times a few weeks ago, nine times for seven. I'm not saying he gets 75 yards every time he gets the ball nine times. But if he carries it 10 times, I would be willing to bet the floor is 50 yards. The problem is juggling. You, that is an element that an offensive coordinator for 31 other teams does not have to deal with because they're all, like, the good offenses are good enough that they don't have to do that. Like that, if the Saints' offense was good enough consistently, they wouldn't have to use this guy. Like they just well, they have wouldn't. talent, they shouldn't have to. I mean, you have Alvin Kamara, you have Chris Olave, you have Michael Thomas as like a fourth fiddle. You shouldn't have to. That's kind of my point. Well, I think you're overvaluing Alvin Kamara, and you're overvaluing maybe I am. Michael Thomas at this point in their careers. Like maybe I am. Here's the thing: I, next offseason, you could be looking. They, Kamara could be gone. And, oh, you're absolutely. At, and you're looking at another running back. Michael Thomas, gone. like that whole thing is going to be rebooted. Like you have to. And that's, it's just what it is. And like I said, you're juggling things that other coordinators don't have to because the pieces they have don't, they're not working. And you're forced to have to use Taysom Hill. And like you, it's maybe that doesn't fit Pete Carmichael with what he wants to do. Like, you know, and another offensive coordinator, when they come in, do you think they're going to be like, Oh man, I feel I'm gonna feel pressured that I have to use Taysom Hill. No, go away. We want the pieces to actually run a real offense. You don't have to put in a, a quarterback to go do all these things. But it works, Larry. It when works. has it worked? Like when has it worked well enough that the Saints have played winning football? When's the last time they've been to the playoffs? They've had Taysom Hill the entire time. But they used it when Sean Payton was here, and it worked when Sean Payton was here. That's 
three years ago when you had pieces that were younger, offensive line that was better. Like it's that the pieces have fallen off. Like it's when they used ooh. what when they used Taysom Hill the most this year against Carolina, that was the most they've used them this year. That was by far the best game this team has played as a whole. They won, and you can blame it on the Carolina stinking the high heaven or whatever you want to blame it on. But the fact is that the Saints played their best game of the year, and Taysom Hill touched the ball. He had nine carries for 75 yards. He was used more in that game than he's been used the last two games combined. So we can sit here and debate whether Taysom Hill is effective and 31 of the teams don't have the problem. It's not a problem. You just don't know how to do it because other offensive coordinators don't ha- don't know how to do it. You've watched Sean Payton do it for six, seven, eight years, however long Taysom's been in the league now. It was successful when Sean Payton was here. I know that Pete Carmichael is not Sean Payton. I understand that. But, I mean, look, go through your little clipboard that you used under Sean Payton. Somewhere in there, quit outsmarting yourself. Just use the damn plays that worked before. Do you know why it also helped when Sean Payton was here? The offensive line was better. They had Drew Brees, like a viable quarterback. Like, come on. I don't like people. Taysom Hill is not the answer. On Drew Brees being gone. I'm not blaming it all on him. I'm not saying you. I'm not saying you. Wear and tear. Like, we're talking. Like, they still didn't make the playoffs when Sean Payton's last year, and they had like that playoffs. But they went nine and eight with a, with a team that was decimated that had four different quarterbacks start, and that team still went nine and eight. I mean, that, the fact that that team went nine and eight is incredible by itself. But that shows you that this group should be able to go nine and eight because they, this team is so much better. I mean, like light years better than the team that was here in twenty twenty one. Incredibly better. The only part of this team that's not better than the twenty one twenty one team is the offensive line. That is literally the only part that's not better. So you can't explain. To, I need someone to explain to me why this team can't go at least nine and eight. Because they don't look like a nine and eight team right now. No, they look worse. But the fundamental Taysom Hill uh, like d- dilemma, the fact that you have to use him and you think you have to lean on him so much is a, is a, a detriment because that means all the other pieces are not playing as well. Like you should not have to use this guy. Like, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs don't have to use a Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, you know, the Eagles don't have to use the 49ers. They don't have to use a Taysom. Like, the fact that the Saints have to do that to even be sort of the 49ers successful, have Christian McCaffrey. Not, they have well, Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is pretty close to – I mean, he's not obviously a completely different style, but Debo Samuel's fairly close to a Taysom Hill. Kamara's being paid like McCaffrey, and he's nowhere near McCaffrey. That's a problem. Yeah. Like you had, like that's the fact that all I'm, I could rattle off every good team in the NFL. They don't need a Taysom Hill to be average. Yeah. Like that's that's to me that the the fact that you have to lean on someone like this means you're everywhere else is deficient because no other team has to do it. We have successfully uh, depressed this. This crowd. I guess I'm not Team Taysom, am I? I guess I guess I'm not. not. I guess, you know, I guess that's Jeff okay. Is going to come after me, man. No, that's look, like, I love differing opinions. I mean, I don't agree with you, but it's okay. I I can see where you're coming from. I think it's a it's certainly a valid. It's a reasonable thought through opinion. I'm fine with that. I just don't agree with it. I just think we have a, a moron who holds a clipboard who has no business being an offensive coordinator in the NFL and. 
I can't believe I'm on the side with the fans, but he literally has no business, like zero business, being an offensive coordinator in this NFL. And he might be the nicest guy on the planet. He might be a guy I would love to go hang out, sit with, and have a beer and watch a football game, and he can tell me, look, this X should be here. This O should be here. He probably knows that much, but good God, I don't care if he's a nice guy. I can't watch this crap anymore. I will say that he should not be a play caller. Okay. I think I'm that's okay with that. Because obviously he was the offensive coordinator for a long time. And, you know, uh, but still, it's different. Ugh. Well, here, well, another example. It's hard to watch. Another example. The commanders. Eric Bieniemy is now calling the plays, and he was behind Andy Reid for forever. Uh, the offense didn't look great last night, but uh, you're dealing with a young quarterback for the commanders. Like It's different when you're, you're going to be that guy. And I think we have a sample size long enough now. Yeah. That we look, I, we both agree they, they need a change in offense coordinator. I'm just saying the sample size is big enough to, to know that you need that change. But, but it's not happening now. So you got to make do with what yeah. you got. You know what? We, we can disagree on some things. I agree with you that it's not happening, and not because it shouldn't happen, because they're stubborn. They're a this this organization, not just Dennis Allen. This organization. I've been willing to bet. I don't know this for a fact. I'm gonna if I were a fly on the wall, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in this conversation. But I'd be willing to bet if Dennis Allen and they may have had this conversation. If Dennis Allen went into Mickey Loomis's office and sat down, and they maybe they sit down and drink tea together every Tuesday morning, I have no idea. But if they did, and Dennis Allen said, "You know what, Mickey? I think we need to make a change at offensive coordinator. I don't want to do it, but I think I can't take this Pete Carmichael crap anymore." I'd be willing to bet it's at least 50-50 that Mickey would say, no, let's hold off. Because this organization doesn't do things like that. They are lo- I've said this a bunch, especially this past week. They are loyal to a ridiculous fault, the San Andreas fault. They are that ridiculously loyal. It's great in some places, in some businesses, not in football. I mean, there are other businesses, there are other teams that don't do that kind of crap. And so if you can't make the change or you don't have the cojones to make a change, then you're doomed to be mediocre. I think that Mickey would actually, if Dennis went in and said he wanted to make a change, I think Mickey would say like, okay, this is your staff. We see the results. They'd make a change. But I don't know if, I don't know if Dennis has enough gumption to say, all right, let's do it. Also, they're two and two. It's not the end of the world in the standings. They probably think, all right, maybe we can improve this. Let's give this more time with a new quarterback. So, look, I, I think, though, that if Dennis went in and said, let's make this change, I think everyone would be okay with it. But I, I think ultimately it would be Dennis's call because it's his staff. And I mean, Dennis, look, it's not like Pete is Dennis's guy. Pete was Sean's guy. And Dennis might be relieved when this happens, but right now I just, I think Pete would be relieved when it happened. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I, 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 I look, he didn't want this job in the first place. I think we all know that. I got to think that at some point in the near future, if this doesn't get better, and I'm not talking about for one game and you put Band-Aid on it and whatever, 
but I think if it doesn't get better, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I think the dude, coaches who say they don't watch stuff and they don't listen to stuff are liars. They absolutely watch stuff and they absolutely listen. I'm not saying he's listening to what I have to say because I'm I'm nobody. But I'm just saying in general, when you listen across the whole, it's not just me saying it now. Um, there's a lot of people saying this week that Pete Carmichael is a problem. And so he hears it. And I, I just I think at some point in the near future, he's not gonna care. I mean, it'll be a relief at some point. He'll be able to go home if if they fire him. He's Dude's going to have plenty of money. Again, he didn't want this job. If it happens, I just think that uh, he'll be fine and he'll be happy and can go off and back to wherever. He'll be in Denver. Well, wherever. Yeah, probably. Probably. (laughs) And he doesn't have to be a play caller in Denver. He would be be like a senior analyst because Joe Lombardi is already up there as the offensive coordinator, and they could just, hey, Pete, you want a a job? And I'm just saying cannabis is legal in Colorado. I'm, I'm just. I'm I don't just think I see Pete as someone who's going to be uh, hitting the no, ball. I'm just, I'm, no, I'm talking about people that would have to watch. Watch that. <laughs> They'd be more chill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, dude, we only scored nine points today. Oh, maybe we'll Dennis be better. Dennis actually next scoring week. points now. I mean, the yeah. defense is just uh, atrocious. Dennis, uh, Dennis wants to know if Joe Brady's available. I don't think Joe Brady has a job right now, does he? I, I does think he? he might. I think he's in. I look that up. Buffalo. Think, oh well, that there you go. He might be. Buffalo. He might be the quarterback coach. Okay. He's coaching Josh, Josh Allen. Is that, does Josh Allen need a quarterbacks coach? I don't know. Sometimes, yes. Yeah, he did in week he one. Makes some poor decisions at times that. Can, All right, this yes, show he is, is quarterbacks coach with the Bills. I was right. There you go. All right, this show is going on a lot longer than I expected it to. Um, Plus two ranting. I know. Uh, look, I didn't expect this to be a 46-minute rant show. I really didn't because I got. I thought I got the ranting out of my system yesterday, but it just kind of evolved into that. Gundam says Derek Carr doesn't fit the system Carmichael is running. I don't agree with that. Drew, that's okay. Again, we can have differing opinions. I show them whether I agree with them or they're not. Drew Brees was a subject master expert. That's true. Um, and student of Peyton and Carmichael's system. Uh, Carmichael has no system. It's exactly. System and they're trying to run that. What about Breeze for offensive coordinator? He definitely doesn't have a job right now. I mean, besides all the businesses that he owns. He plays pickleball. That's his job, I guess. Actually, he doesn't play. He just owns it. No, but I think he plays, too. I think he was talking about playing. Yeah, he plays. I'm glad John McEnroe had to show him. I'm sure you could kick his ass. I've never touched the I know, but that doesn't matter. You're a tennis stud. I'm willing to bet that I could pick up a pickleball battle and be real good real quick. Yeah, I think you would be fine. All right, let's uh, make our predictions. There is one NFL game that I want to talk about, uh, and I'm going to bring it up briefly before we go off the air um, and get your opinion on it. Uh, Saints, Patriots, all of what we just said, I went, I've been bashing them for 45 minutes. I'm going to go first this week. Um, maybe it'll change things up. We, Whenever we both agree, we're, we're usually wrong. So I guess if you're a Saints fan, you probably hope Larry picks the Patriots because – I think the Saints bounce back this week. I understand it's Belichick. I understand the offense. I got a feeling the offense is going to play much better this week, although that wouldn't take much. Um, I think you see Kamara involved more. Uh, I think Carl will probably look a little bit better, uh, I guess. He's that sprained AC joint. Was accuracy get better? I have no idea. But I just think the Saints as a whole will play better. I think they'll be more focused. I think the defense will play better. 
I think Mac Jones is a god-awful mess, and I think we see Bailey Zappi in this game. Saints win it. I can't predict a higher score than I would like. I don't think the Saints get to the 21, but I think they win it somewhere along the lines of 20 to 13. Well, I will say they certainly tried to involve Kamara a lot last week. Uh, he had 24 touches. Like that's probably maxing out of what you're probably going to give Kamara last week, and it was not good. Um, and so, uh, look, do you want to get uh, you want him to be more effective? Like, I, you know, involved. He's involved. I just want him to be more effective. I'm curious to see that. Uh, but I look as much as we've been talking about philosophy, this, that, and the other. I just told you earlier on the podcast, Matthew Judon out for the year, basically. Their secondary is decimated. Yep. And I feel like the offense is totally stagnant. Like, I, New England is in trouble on both sides of the football. I at least feel like the Saints aren't in trouble on both sides of the football. Yeah. I think they can have Mac Jones make some mistakes. And I think the Saints, I know, like you said, we agree. We're going to agree again. Uh-oh. I will go Saints 17, New England 14. You see on the series notes there at the bottom of the screen, what I find interesting is not the fact that the Saints are 5-10 and 10 all time against New England. A lot of that is is Brady, and they didn't know how to beat Tom Brady. Even Drew Brees had trouble beating Tom Brady, except in 2009 in the Dome. That was crazy. Um, 28-13 to 13 was the last time they played. These two teams aren't all that much different than they were two years ago. Saints scored 28 points, and Jameis Winston only threw for 128 yards, two touchdowns. And I, by the way, if someone doesn't have a great offensive day, I'd glad, be glad to put another person. No one else had a great day either. Alvin Kamara, I think, only had like 70 yards that day. So it wasn't like it was the Alvin Kamara show. The defense balled out. Uh, you see Mac Jones threw for 270 yards and a touchdown, but he also threw three picks. Um, I think the defense, Larry, this week, will be fired up and looking more like their old self. Sometimes you talked about it when the offense stinks, that the defense kind of falls a little bit and say, look, I'm tired of carrying you on my back. I think it's going to be the opposite. This I think they're going to go through and be mad at themselves. They've played five bad quarters in a row now. I think the defense really steps up this week. You know, I, I just think that they, uh, the New England offensive line is not playing as well as it should have. The quarterback is a problem. They're not running the football super great, like all of it. Like uh, I, I said the same sort of things last week. It all adds up that the, the Saints should win, uh, but maybe this week that comes to fruition. Like I, said, I just you feel like, like Nomura. We didn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. <laughs> I, mean, we we I was, I was talking about New England. So yeah, oh, okay. Didn't yeah. do diddly poo. All right, all right. Well, before we go off, uh, less than a minute. Dallas and San Francisco. I think we. I think almost everyone thinks that these are the two best teams in the NFC. I guess there are some stragglers who probably are still thinking Philly could be the best team in the NFC. I, I think it's Dallas and, and San Francisco. I love. I used to love when these two teams would play um, back in the day. What do you see on this matchup going into this week? Well, I still think Philly's better than Dallas, but I don't think Philly's better than San Francisco at this point. Uh, but uh, look, I think it, it's going to be all-star matchup. And, I mean, the fact that you can mix and match with McCaffrey and Samuel and Kittle, like, I, I, and, look, I just think that the 49ers defense can present some problems. Like, I, I think 49ers are going to win this game. 
Okay, well, here, where, here's where we differ. I still think that the four, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. Whether they end up as the, the Super Bowl, I think they're going to end up in the Super Bowl, but you can't discount the fact that how bad they've been in the playoffs. But this ain't the playoffs. Uh, the, the Cowboys have won, I believe it's seven of the last eight regular season matchups in this series. And the last time the Cowboys lost in San Francisco, the quarterback for the Cowboys was Troy Aikman and the quarterback for the 49ers was Steve Young. 1997 is the last time Dallas lost in San Francisco. I don't think it's going to happen here either. I think the Cowboys will have everyone jumping on their bandwagon again after this week is over. I do think the 49ers are really, really good, but I don't think they're as really, really good as everyone's making out for them to be. We'll find out. Uh, I got Cowboys winning this game, and I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. I love, by the way, Cowboys in a teaser – I think the line's now down to three and a half. It was four. Um, but in a teaser where you get six points betting a parlay-style bet, uh, you got to take two teams. You get six points on both sides. Um, Cowboys at plus 10 or plus nine and a half paired with someone else like Jacksonville at plus 11 and a half. Pretty interesting bet this week. I also like the Bengals, uh, as I said, is my best bet. You you obviously laughed at that. You. You like the Cardinals? Best bet. I don't know. Like Cincinnati's lost to some teams this that is are when they turned it on last year. Well, they better. Uh, well, they better get Joe Burrow a new calf so he can like move. Because right. guess what? That is a problem. It is definitely a problem. But uh, you know, we keep raving about uh, Josh Dobbs, who's been in the league for seven years and has one NFL victory to his credit. I, I just I uh, wins aren't a quarterback stat. I've been told. Oh, just like they're not stats for pitchers either. Right, that, right. That, it's not that, their fault. That most certainly is not true. Larry, we'll do it again next Friday. I'd like to say it's been a lot of fun, but all we did is bitch for t- for 54 minutes. Well, we differed opinions. I will say, look, we had a constructive conversation about Taysom Hill. Like The fact that if you have to lean on someone like Taysom Hill, you're not very good. That's my moral of my story. You know, again, I don't, I don't necessarily agree, but I appreciate the opinion. <laughs> I think it's very well thought out and enjoy it. Well, next week, who knows? Maybe we'll be upbeat and uplifting, and we'll have people from Abu Dhabi coming back again. I mean, I don't know what the Arabi Knights or Arabiites. What do you call people from Ara- Arabians? I don't know. Like I said, Arabians? I just know Algerines. Algero. Algerians. Algerines. We're in this love together. That's right. <laughs> oh, <All> right. boy. <laughs> on that note. Yeah, on that note. On that note, that's it. That's it. I don't know why we're so chatty Cathy today. It's funny, you know, sometimes I think when you when you when it's negative talk, doesn't the negative talk seem to go longer than the positive talk? Weird. Really is. I don't know why that is. Um, I also noticed that uh you know, there's more people listen when I'm really frustrated about something. When they know that I'm gonna go off. They listen more. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Someone explain it to me at jdarriotheadvocate.com. I told you before. Oh, I said I would get to the comments, and I never did uh, mention them. So I, I don't mean to to just go over them. Uh, let's see. Don Hoffman. Don Hoffman. Maybe this is one of the, uh, you know, I don't know. Don Hoffman says, uh, in a nutshell, he would rather win with Jameis 
than lose with Carr. Well, who wouldn't? I know there are people out there. There are it's, it, Those are the people I need to explain. And this is from Tuesday. I didn't just get this email. This is from Tuesday. I never got, I forgot to mention it yesterday. Don says he would rather win with Jameis than lose with Carr. Who would rather lose with Carr than win with Jameis? Is there anyone out there that would answer that question? Seriously. I'm dead serious. You can title it WTF like Don, like Don did. I want to know the answer. Bill Vetter on Monday says this offense dot, dot, dot is worse than Carl 3rd and 8 Smith. <laughs> Does remind you kind of a little bit of Carl Smith, doesn't it? I mean, it really does. It, it really does. It, it reminds you of Carl Smith. You know, I, one of my best friends, Eddie Burris, who listens to this show, so I'm giving him a shout-out, Eddie. Ed Drew, Ed. We used to joke about Carl Smith, Saints offense. Run, run, pass, punt. Remember that, Ed? But, it, it, you know, that's kind of like what we've been looking at. Run, run, pass, punt. It may not necessarily be. The offenses are different now. Maybe it's pass, run, pass, punt. Maybe that's it now. But it does kind of remind you of that. Brian Horner. I assume that I'm pronouncing that right. Brian Horner. H-O-E-R-N-E-R. -E -E Horner. He answered the, the question. I must have said something about Jameis last week he didn't like. Because this was from last Friday, and I, I forgot to read it. He says, no hating here. He is simply awful. Did you even watch the second half of that game? He's talking about the Packers game now. He threw two decent passes. By the way, Jameis Winston's stats in the second half of the game against the Packers were better than Derek Carr's when he was healthy in the first half. Just saying. So I don't... This is someone who's just a hater. And he'll probably never listen to the show if he's listening right now. But he never made it this far anyway because whenever you bring up Jameis Winston, people like this automatically click the X button. No hating here. He's simple, aw simply awful. Did you even watch the second half of that game? He threw two decent passes. He has no pocket awareness. He plays scared. We, meaning the Saints, are doomed without car, and even that was an iffy situation. Now that's a dude... Who just hates life. Hates life. Nothing makes that guy happy. He was happy like the Saints won the Super Bowl and then still finds negative in something. There are people like that, by the way. They're, they're happy for only so long. Um, they can only be happy for so long. They have a shelf life of happiness. I'd, I don't get that, you know? Um, and that's not how we're going to end this show today. We're going to end this show with happiness. I was trying to think what song reflects how we feel about today, and I'm trying to think of all these different songs, and I'm like, that's eh, just negative. I mean, you can pick negative songs, and oh, I hate life, and we're going to get our ass kicked songs, and we stink. And you know what? Why don't we be positive about this week? I was positive. I don't remember the last time I picked the Saints to win three games in a row. Picking them to win the third game in a row. I was wrong the first two times. Third time the charm. I'm going to be positive. I really think that, and I'm not just saying it. I really think the Saints are going to win this week. Maybe it's partly because a lot of people, I know everyone on our Bayou Bet staff thinks the Saints are going to lose. So I do feel good about that. Um, 
But let's be positive. We get knocked down, we get up again. No, they're never going to keep me down. Yeah, we're singing. We mix a, if you got to mix a vodka drink and a whiskey drink or whatever it is, as long as you don't do it all the time, it's okay to do every now and then. Have a little fun with it. I get knocked down, but I get up again. No, they're never going to keep me down. That's what we say here on Datitude. That's what we'll say next Monday on Derry's Dime, win or lose. It'll be much happier and much more pleasant for everyone if the Saints beat the New England Patriots, if the LSU Tigers beat the Missouri Tigers, if your son's high school team beats the other high school team that they're playing. Again, St. Charles at Abbeville, that's where I'll be. No, not at. St. Charles versus Abbeville. Not going to Abbeville. Going to Laplace on Varsity Sports Now. We will talk to you Monday. Derry's Dime. I hope it's a happy one. But they're never going to keep me down. Peace and love, my friends.